Jessica, join us for episode 138 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is... What is my name? Oh, right, right, right. I'm Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our analysis of James Cameron's cyberpunk thriller, Dark Angel, starring Jessica Alba, Michael Weatherly, and Ashley Scott. And to, Not in this one, though. Not in this one. It's been a couple. Yeah. Tonight, we're here to discuss episode 15 of season two, titled Forget About It. But before we get to that, Wayne and I want to remind you that we'd love to hear from you via email at sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab and you can record your own audio clip and send the mp3 as an attachment or just send us a tweet at sci-fi tv rewatch and we'd encourage you to consider joining the facebook group and join the discussions there and uh so so you leading me to believe we might have like a little mini return to project x tonight yeah a little bit all right. Kind of, I have a top six okay. list. It was top five, but I just found another thing for it. So okay, all right, sounds good. <laughs> um, you know, we we don't have a whole lot of sci-fi news tonight, but let me go through that, and then we'll listen to your list of movies that what uh, deal with memory loss. Okay, all right. You know, one of the shows that I have been watching is The Expanse, and you know, it, it's getting a lot of mixed reviews out there. A lot of people watch the pilot; it's like ah, it was boring, it's slow. I I don't want to watch anymore, and and I will give them that. But as I've made it through the first seven episodes, and I don't mean that to sound like it was this big chore, because it was really it, it was a lot of fun. I, you know, I still like Dark Matter better. I still like Killjoys better, but you know I enjoy this, so I'm, I'm going to stick it out and watch the rest of the first season. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch the rest of the first season. I have, I have very mixed feelings about it. You know, like I I've actually started not deleting an episode after I watch it, so I can rewatch it the next week because it's. I just feel like every week I can't remember who the characters are, what's going on, and everything. It's just like. You know, the, the, it's very. If I it, to if I like it, I use the word complex. If I don't, I use the word convoluted. You know, it just seems like there's just a lot of people doing a lot of different things, and it's and we're waiting for them to come together. Right, right, right. Now, I mean, one of the things I do like about it, and, and certainly this is not enough to keep me there, but the attention to detail. I, I, I like the language that the belters use i don't know exactly what it would be called but it, but it's obviously very distinctive i like a lot of the the science that from everything i understand is really the way it would be you know that you don't just simply turn the ship around if you need to go in the opposite direction and have a smooth change of direction it, it, it's rather abrupt and, and and there's a lot to go with traveling in space that they try to i guess show as realistically as is possible but at the end of the day Kind of like you said, if the stories don't grab you, if the characters don't grab you, and I don't want to say I'm in the middle, I'm a little bit to, you know, past the middle, but there's nobody I really like all that much, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And, and Even the, the, the crew, um, I don't really like him so much. No, I don't like Holden at all, and he's, I guess, supposed to be the main character, right? Right. Yeah, he's he's yeah he's not like a super compelling character, uh, but no, neither are the rest of them. Well, Naomi, uh, I really do like a lot. 
Uh, I think she's a great character so far. She's okay. <laughs> All right. Who's, the, uh, who's Thomas Jane? He is uh, Miller, the detective. Miller, right. Okay, right. I can't remember. So he's okay. But even that character is just like, eh. See, I can't. It's like, well, dude, what's with the haircut? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's the time. Okay, but. yeah. It's a little skate punk 80s haircut. Well, I guess, except. We all had that haircut. Yeah, Dave, except he's not, not at age 40. <laughs> right, exactly. Now, the other thing is, uh, you're watching Supergirl, right? No. Oh, you're not? Okay. Nah. Uh, you'll, you'll come back. But Laura Vandervoort is going to be joining the cast, and we know her from V, for sure. Uh, she's a one of the major characters in the CW show Bitten, which I don't watch, and I suspect you don't watch either, but it's pretty popular. But she also played Kara in Smallville. And, you know, I've, I've mentioned a number of times my brother's a huge Smallville fan and, and, you know, has seen all of them multiple times. And I said to him, uh, you know, Michael and I are going to be interviewing Laura Vandervoort. What, what do you want me to ask her? Why the hell couldn't Clark figure out how to fly until season 10? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we'll see. She's not playing Kara, uh, obviously. She's playing another character. So you, you, we've also got uh, Helen Slater, who plays Kara's mother so we've got three incarnations of Supergirl in in the current version of Supergirl which is kind of cool so that is cool all right well the big news in sci-fi world at least for me and a lot of other people maybe not so much for you is the return of the X-Files on Fox Sunday January 24th 2016 episode two will be the following night and after that it's going to uh, air once a week so I'm psyched. I know you probably not so much. Well, I mean, I, I would, like I said, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, and I, I watched season one. I really liked it. Um, is this, do you think it's going to be something where you would have needed to have seen the X-Files to understand what's going on? Or do you think they're gearing it for anyone who wants it? Because, like, the movie was like that. Right? The movie, you, you didn't necessarily need to have the backstory. You could just jump in on the movie and, and understand it, right? Yeah, and I think they'll do that with this as well. Now, of the six episodes, two are supposed to be mythology, four standalone. So I would certainly think the, the four standalones, you could jump in. You, you'll get a, a pretty quick idea of who these two characters are and go from there. Uh, So we'll see. Uh, Agent Carter is beginning its second season tonight. Wayne and I are recording on uh, Tuesday, the 19th of January. And they are going to do a double episode during the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. midseason hiatus, just as they did last year. And then Michael Weatherly, a.k.a. Logan Kale, has announced that he'll be leaving NCIS and the role of Tony Donozo effective at the end of the current season the show is currently in its 13th season as it closes in on its 300th episode. Wowzers. Yeah. So, you know, th- that got a little bit of play in the Facebook group. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, and now he can return to, you know, reprise the role of Logan Kale. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah it would be nice. But this so, hope springs eternal for the Dark Angel community. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure who would be more difficult to sign up, Jessica Alba or Michael Weatherly. Ne- so what's Alba doing now? Well, she's like the president of this billion-dollar corporation she started. Oh. Anyway, well, listen. Cool. Let's hear what you got for uh, your mini Project X tonight. Okay. Well, I got like a two-parter. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to jump in the first part because that's the one less pertinent to what we're talking about tonight. So uh, I finally sat down and was able to watch most of uh, season three of Hemlock Grove. 
Okay. Okay. And hey, I'm gonna throw this out there, Dave. We might want to think about a future STR project doing Hemlock Grove. I think you'd like it. Okay. But anyway, so the one day I'm watching it and I see executive producer Charles Eagley. Okay. I'm like, wow. I like we know I, him. I like the name just popped out. I usually fast forward through the credits, so one day I didn't. I noticed. It. I'm like, hey. Dark Angel. Now, I've probably seen this name before, but it's just, you know, we've really just been doing Dark Angel. I think in the last year, I think probably we start Dark Angel after season two of Hemlock Grove. So, you know, before it would have, you know, the name would have meant nothing to me, right? Sure. And then I start, I actually went back to watch the last episode of season two just to kind of get my bearings. And uh, it was normal. Nice. In the, the, uh, uh, of course, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who plays normal is like a major role in actually kind of season two, but definitely season three he has a really big role in uh, Hemlock Grove. So I'm like, oh, wow. And then it starts to hit me. I'm like, there's this guy in Hemlock Grove. It's just, it's like killing me because he looks familiar. And I'm like, I, I know, I know that guy, but I just don't know where I know him. And like the voice sounds familiar and the. The face and everything, it's just driving me crazy. And then all of a sudden, last night, I'm watching, like, hey, it's sketchy. Nice. So they got, like, a little uh, Hemlock Grove, or um, Dark Angel reunion over on Hemlock Grove. Though, uh, I don't think Jessica Alba or Michael Weatherly have, have yet to be on it, and neither is Ashley Scott. So, uh, Yeah, I don't, wouldn't expect Michael Weatherly to be on it, although you never know. I, again, I was looking at his IMDb page, and, and, you know, really, since NCIS has been in its run he's really done very little other than like ncis related yeah, well, stuff what what else do you have time well, for good you point know? with 24 episodes yeah that's that's a big chunk of your year i'd imagine so anyway that's just the first part as i said not really pertinent to the today's episode per se it's just headlock grove is really good and they've got all these dark angel guys on it so uh we'll go to next as you alluded to before, or actually, I guess we st- stayed outright, is my top six or five plus one, I guess we could call it, uh, movies dealing with memory loss. Okay? Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right. Number six, I don't think you've seen, well, I think, I don't know, maybe you've seen, have you seen Maze Runner? I did, just recently, as a matter of fact. Okay. Did you like it? I did like it a lot. Yeah. Maze Runner is good. And the, the sequel is really good, too. Scorch Trials. Right. I haven't seen that yet, but it's on my list. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really good. So obviously, um, you know, the Thomas is, you know, trying to figure out who he was and and what he did and why he's why he did the things he did, but he can't remember anything, um, and uh, and that's a big part of it. So the uh, Maze Runner movies. All right, number five, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I have seen that as well. It's been a while. That uh, about maybe six, seven years ago, I believe. Yeah, I don't even know when that came out. It's yeah, it's been a while. Um, actually, it's been uh, over fifteen years wow. because the school I taught at before. I remember the kid was uh, really into um, oh, who's the guy who wrote Charlie Kaufman, Charles Kaufman, um, and he was very excited when that movie came out. I remember. So, um, but yeah, so in there, uh, Jim Carrey is trying to get all memory of his ex-girlfriend erased from his mind, right? Sure. And they're actually going in and doing it and everything. That's uh, kind of cool. All right. Uh, next one. Again, another one. I'm not sure you've seen this one or not, but Shutter Island. I have not, no. 
Okay. Excellent. Two for three. Excellent movie. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're doing good so far. Um, but uh, so Shutter Island, Leonardo DiCaprio is uh, playing an investigator who's uh, investigating the uh, murder on a um, like a psych- psychiatric institute that's uh, like kind of on a rock in the middle of a body of water and everything. It's excellent. Uh, great movie. All right, number three. Now, this one I know you've seen. Uh, Total Recall. Oh, yeah. Which one? First one. Uh, Arnold. Okay. Yeah. Of course. I actually have not seen the, the remake. Yet. I haven't either. I haven't either. But uh, Sharon Stone. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, but, you know, it's like, why why remake a movie that you like nailed it the first time around, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it's not like they made it in 1970. Yeah, I know. It's still, like, the even, like, the special effects are pretty good in that, you know? Yeah. Um. I think that was one of the first movies that like really did like a lot of CGI. I think or, or somewhat like that. I don't know if they use CGI. I might have just made myself sound like an idiot. But I just remember at the time that the special effects were out of this world, and I actually rewatched it a couple months ago, and uh, it held up. I thought even like you know you, you didn't like what was it uh, the Running Man? You watched the Running Man? Oh and yeah, like, sure. It's a great movie. But there's like some part, like it's kind of there's some cheesy, cheesy stuff in that movie, you know, like stuff that's really dated, like the these machine gun sounds that sound like they just like they're like a you know basic track that they've been using since 1945 war movies and stuff. Um, but Total Recall is not like that at all. So anyway, number two, you, I guarantee you know the movie that's. I have it at number two. You you might put it at number one, but that's Memento. Um, I mean, in terms of memory loss, it's hard to. Uh, well, I don't know what you have at number one yet, but uh, right, yeah. So, so Memento's obviously got to be on the list. Yes, and I think they actually filmed it. Also, like there's an alternate version of it that films it in reverse. Wow. <laughs> so like like the whole story happens chronologically, right? Because he. Yeah, and uh, there's a guy Pierce plays a guy who um, his memory only lasts a couple seconds, right? And so he has to tattoo things on his body to remind himself. Like he can't even write it down because he'll forget he wrote it down. You know? Yeah. That was the trippiest movie ever. That was just that movie was crazy. Yeah, actually, you know, you could even have it like where you make tally marks on your arm. Yes. Oh, that'd be a good idea. I should write that yeah. down. We could use that as a plot device. Right. Yeah. It hasn't yeah. been done before. It's, yeah, I don't think it's been done before. Oh, dude, really? <laughs> I mean, you, you don't mean sarcastic, right? No. Doctor Who? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. I have a t-shirt like uh, that, remember? Oh, you're right. Good point. So, uh, of course. You know, now, in, in terms of TV, obviously, Blind Spot right now with Jamie Alexander you know, and you mentioned the tattoos from Memento, and, and obviously right. her whole body is covered, but but she doesn't remember anything, and it's all about you know piecing everything back together. So, what do you got at number one? Number one is one of my personal favorites, The Born Identity. Nice. So I could have put, I thought of making like a top five list and just having the Born movies be numbers one through four, <laughs> but uh, but no, the, the first one I think is especially it's my favorite of the the Born movies. Um, and that's the one he's, you know, Jason Bourne, the guy who gets pulled out of the Mediterranean Sea 
and he can't remember anything about himself, only to discover that he is a CIA assassin. Awesome. Of course he is. <laughs> yes. And, and the, the reason I love the, the first movie the most is because um, really the uh, the girl, Frankie P- Potente, who plays, um, I can't remember the character's name, but uh, Marie, Marie, uh, his love interest. Um, and uh, I think the those two together were just fantastic. The chemistry was great and uh, love that movie a lot. Cool. So there it is. All right. Hey, very good. Very good. All right, well, that's cool. So let's get into tonight's Dark Angel episode, episode 15, season two, Forget About It, written by Julie Hess. And guess what she wrote? Uh, Three Birds and a Baby from Birds of Prey. Oh, nice. Yeah. Directed by Morgan Beggs, and this one aired March 15th, 2002. All right, so we got one guest star of note. Did you look her up? Uh, you know, I just did, like, because uh, you, were, you were taking a little break, and so I went and checked it out. Tracy Ryan. Yep, Tracy Ryan, who is peddling. And I totally know who that is. Like, a lot of times you see the people, you know, played a role in one episode of one show, and you just, you never know who it is. But this one, I totally remember from uh, Heart of Gold. Yeah, and, you know, it, that was a really powerful episode. I mean, a lot of them were, no question, with Firefly. Yeah, that's definitely one of the. I mean, yeah, it's right to say I, I could never say that one's like my favorite or anything, but but that was a good one. Now we often talk about the title and you know how how it relates to what goes on in the episode, and and sometimes more than others. But obviously tonight we've got the mob lingo, as well as Mia's ability to make people forget. So right, you know, hey, forget about it exactly, but. You know, I could probably forget about this episode and be okay with it. What? Really? Yeah. I, you know, I understand that. And in and, and a rewatch, uh, I mean, even the first time, I get that it's light. It's supposed to be funny. I just don't know if that's why I watched Dark Angel. So on the one hand, it's kind of a mediocre story. Uh, okay, we see Alex. He's still got it in the cage. And I'll tell you, the one thing that really sticks out to me is I don't think Logan really cares all that much for Max. Now, I know he says he does, but, you know, look at what he's asking her to do. And we'll get to that in a second. And like I said, I get it. It's funny. I don't know. Hmm. You think I'm wrong? No, no, I, well, no, I, no one's, you're entitled to your opinion. Like there's, there's no right or wrong. Um, yeah, I just I really liked it. Yeah, you know, I thought it was funny. I liked the light touch. I liked how they, the the uh, the um, you know the quick movement through the plot. You know, there were some kind of silly parts to it, but I, I get actually I do get what you're saying about like that. You know, you you Dark Angel isn't a comedy, and so you don't watch it to laugh and to to see the light comic touch there. Um, but I think it was refreshing after some pretty heavy emotional episodes here, right? Well, that is true. And and to be fair, you know, in a season of 21 or 22 episodes, it's going to happen. Heck, even the X-Files had episodes like Jose Chung's From Outer Space. And, and you know, certainly it had a number of light episodes as well. So I don't want to come down too hard on it. And it did have some great lines. I mean, my favorite scene is definitely 
Max going into the cage against Alec. Uh, that was just brilliant. That was worth the price of admission, just <laughs> that alone. Right. Um, but what we do see in this story is that another Manticore individual surfaces using her power arguably for good, I guess, <laughs> though she does manipulate and indirectly injure a few innocents along the way. Yeah, I, I don't know about innocence. You know, I, I think the whole time um, it was it was really difficult to tell with Mia um, whether she was in the force of good or evil. You know? Right. Sure. Um, so it seemed you know whenever you're messing with people's minds, that's bad. But she would be so sweet about you know like she's telling people like she's being supportive of people she's getting you know logan and alec to hug it out and everything so you think she's she's kind of nice though seemingly evil so it's it's you know tough to tell the whole time well right and i guess it comes back to and tell me if there's a flaw in my logic here but why does she go through such an elaborate plan to raise money and get away when she could simply walk into a bank, coerce the teller into giving her money, and bada bing, bada boom, they're gone. Yeah. Or just on any day, she walk into anyone in this mob here and just say, you know, you totally forgot where you put the $100,000. Uh, there is no $100,000, actually. Forget about it. You never, never existed, and, you know... But yeah, with the powers that she has, it seems strange that that she would have to come with so convoluted a plot. Yeah. Now, one of the other things that I was wondering about, you know, you know, Max has several encounters with her, and and I think from the first encounter when we already know what Mia's power is, that Max is somehow going to be able to fight it off. But of course, she isn't. But it does seem as if she. I don't know, it's if she starts to become not immune to it, but she learns to start to be able to deal with it. For instance, they're in the ladies' room. Why doesn't she reveal eyes only's identity when she's being coerced? I mean, she she tells everything else. Yeah, exactly. And, and obviously that's notable, right, that you know uh, Mia gets her to basically spill every secret she has except for who eyes only is. But then turn around, they're in crash, and Logan's just like, "Oh, I'm Isoli." You know, like he he gives himself up easily, right? But he's not a trained X five from Manticore, so uh, you wonder whether there's something in her cocktail that you know enables her to stand up to extreme questioning. And even though she does give away some things at at first, you know, maybe it's something along those lines. I don't know what else, what other explanation yeah. to give. No, it could be. But that's really the only time, well, except for that she's like seems to be the only one who's kind of like bouncing back uh, from forgetting. Like you know, like Mia always makes her forget. But as as the episode goes on, uh, Max's ability to remember is better and better. Exactly right. Right. But still reliant upon like outside cues, though. Right. No, all that's true. Right. Now, you know, you mentioned that this has been a fairly dark season. And on the other hand, you know, the contrast of silly Mia and that voice versus the virus bitch. I mean, it can be easily lost because, you know, I think sometimes we even get lost in the seriousness of that when Joshua comes along 
and refers to it as that. And then we, you know, then, you know, one of us, I forget which one of us can't stand that anymore. That'd be me. That'd be you. So, uh, I see, I forgot, (laughs) but you know, so again, I can see what's happening here as, as, as we're talking that, well, okay, I kind of like this. (laughs) There was a lot to like about it. Um, but what I said at the top of the show, I think the thing that bothers me most about this episode is Logan once again placing Max in such obvious danger by going undercover in the mob. And, okay, I, I, I guess in her conversation with Cindy, she said she agreed to do it. You know, but why would he let her? Yeah, um, well, this is, we've talked about this before, that Logan, and this is not necessarily necessarily a redeeming quality of his, but he is so focused and goal-oriented, he kind of shuts everything else out. He doesn't think, well, this is could be life-threatening for Max. All he thinks about is, I need to get this accountant to be a witness, right? Right, and that's more important than Max. Exactly, right. And even so that he can't even see how upset she is that all he cares about is the mission you know, she thinks he's coming to crash to apologize to her. And he's like, basically like, well, I figured I'd give you another chance to get on the mission. You know, yeah, it's just like. And how sad was that? It's really sad. Yeah. 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 And, and then he scolds her when she tells him about the spilled drink and that it didn't work out. Now, granted, we know that it didn't work out because she couldn't remember. Right. But. Still, his reaction to that, and I think she said, hey, if I wanted to get scolded, I'd have gone to work. <laughs> yeah. And like, he's Something like, you and I can relate to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the way Logan like twisted around like, is like, well, if, if it's too much of a job for you, like, you know, or if you can't handle it, just let me know. I'll find someone else. You know, like he is kind of just tries to throw it back on her, you know. Well, at least he didn't say I could get Asha to do it. Yeah. Ooh. So. Well, maybe that's implied, right? Yeah. Um, now, uh, another thing this episode kind of reinforces something that we already knew that the you know the, the city is full of crooked cops, crooked politicians, and now the mob possesses a certain amount of control. And it certainly doesn't come as any big surprise. And in fact, when they're sitting there at dinner, now the other thing I I noticed when they were at dinner and and Max looked amazing in the blonde wig, by the way, you know, it's just the city, I guess, is running wild. And I don't know. I mean, I guess we, you know, in terms of a a bigger government outside the city, I don't know what's going on with that, but. Well, well, the mob guys say the, the pulse was like the best thing that ever happened to them, right? Yeah, yeah. Like they, the government was getting really good at surveilling us, and it was we could hardly move. Then boom, you know, just in one action, all of a sudden we're back on top. Yeah. Now we, we, we've said a number of times of late, sketchy has kind of fallen out of favor, apparently with the writers. Not so much normal, and, and normal was pretty front and center tonight. Uh, fawning over Monte Cora and his return to the ring <laughs> and nice outfit by the way his gold chains yeah. open shirt and uh, 
uh, you know, just all of them, just the frenzy of, of the cage match and, and, you know, going up to the to the window and, you know, lay it all on Monte Cora. And wh- what were they up at one point? What did he, did he say? 200,000? Um, definitely, I remember hearing 100,000. Might have been two. Uh, might have been 112. Whatever. It was a ton yeah. of money. <laughs> it was a ton of money. Yes. Um, but for me, as I said, the highlight of the episodes, the fight between Max and Alec, replete with Max's list of Alec's transgressions. We'll get to that in a second. But close second, Normal's man crush on Alec. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. It was. Uh, well, I mean, as long as you say that him dreaming about Alec as a Roman gladiator yeah. is uncomfortable. Well, and then the, you know, the the dream, like he's describing, it was <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, and you can see it even makes Alec a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess the other thing is just to see him in such a different light, because if you recall way back, I don't know if it was in season one where... I don't even remember what he did, but his punishment was he couldn't say bip anymore. Well, he's back to, you know, bip, bip, bip. Yeah, I keep waiting for his uh, character on um, on uh, Hemlock Grove to, to say bip, bip, bip. See, I love that stuff. I know yeah, they probably they, won't do it. They, but... they, they won't do it. It's so, like, not funny of a show. Well, <laughs> like, and and I, that's, that's the beauty of Castle. Castle does it all the time. Right. So and actually, did you know they've got another Firefly alum joining, uh, not joining the cast, but going to appear in an episode? I did not know that. Who? Oh, well, it's, uh, you might want to watch this one. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what her name is, but it's not Jewel State. Okay. Well, I, I you know I think I've figured it out, and it's not Marina Backer, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, actually, it might be next week. Uh, okay. Yeah, that hasn't gone back on yet, has it? I don't think so. No, okay. No. So, well, listen, we had a nearly seven-minute opening scene to this episode. Uh, Logan has Max going undercover, you know, so we see they're at their, his place, and she's getting dressed. And, you know, obviously she's got this really sexy outfit, short, tight skirt on, the blonde wig. And she's going to dinner with a group of mobsters. Again, waste management. That must be what all the mobsters, that's what Tony Soprano was into. Oh, was he? Yeah. Uh, Jealous girlfriend shows up, has a waiter spill the drink on Max. Boy, I thought they were going to take that waiter out and do a number on him. Right. But the next thing we see is, you know, Max in the bathroom with this girl, and she's telling the girl about the truth about who she is and what she's doing. And then all of a sudden, the girlfriend says, well, I'm Manticore also. I'm in PsyOps. And... As it turns out, and I guess this is one of the beauties of the way this episode transgressed, is that I almost almost called her Petaline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the way this episode, um, you know, proceeded is is that Mia had this elaborate plan right from the start. Apparently, right. Well, I mean, we find it out at the end yeah, that you know she knew everything that Max and Logan would do. Yes. Given what she did. And it it played out uh, just the way she thought it would. Um, Her specialty, telecoercion. What a great power to have. You know, they they always got that thing. It's like, if you could have any superpower, what would you have? Yeah. But, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, it's not really surprising 
that uh, you know a woman can manipulate uh, men and get them to do what she wants. Good point. Like my wife uses telecoercion all the time. Good point. Well, <laughs> it turns out that the girlfriend was in Manicor uh paranormal research division and alec recognizes her right away when right. she comes to jam pony ostensibly looking for a job and apparently he spent six months in psyops for evaluation and i'm starting to think like okay what was that all about <laughs> yeah six months and, seems like a long time for evaluation right now you wonder was that a result of when he went undercover as the I, piano teacher i would almost certainly say yes and because they, remember he couldn't really remember that right yeah and I guess they wanted to maybe find out what went wrong and, you know, I guess get him ready to put him back out in the field again. But six months does seem like a long time. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned the scene where she coerces Logan and Alec into saying something nice to each other. And uh, I, definitely Logan had the one of the best lines of, of uh, the evening. It must be nice to be a happy-go-lucky sociopath. Yeah. I, I kind of envy you. <laughs> and then they hug it out. Right, and then Max immediately cuts to her. She's like, what the hell is going on over there? You know, like, <laughs> exactly. They're both like just their jaws dropped. They're like, what in the world is happening? Oh, and, and just and then in that scene, she convinces Alec to get back in the ring, which prompts Normal to admit that he had a dream about Alec. I wiped your sword clean after every sweet victory. Yeah, that was awkward. Yeah, no uh, Freudian imagery in that one. All right, so Mia makes Logan broadcast a streaming freedom video denouncing the crime family and states that the identity of the head of the family is known and is going to be revealed. So at this point, you know, we see the crime family and they're all, it's like, well, you know, I'm, I didn't turn the boss in. I didn't go behind his back. And, and, you know, now we know that everybody's starting to think it was somebody else. So, you know, it does exactly right. what she hopes Classic. Yes. Yes. Divide and conquer. Exactly. All right. So Sketch tells Mia that he dropped off a resume with one of the tabloid papers. He wants to get to the bottom of the transgenic story. So please don't tell me we're going to see Sketch get a job as a journalist. You never know. Stranger things have happened, Dave. Yes. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, obviously, we know Mia's abilities enable her to leave her victims unable to remember anything. Eventually, Max, though, like we said, starts to put the pieces together remembers meeting her at the club when she was undercover and then follows her to try to find out what's really going on. And I was wondering whether or not she was going to have any fighting powers. And certainly she's not in Max's league, but right. but she could handle herself she's okay. A little bit. And yeah. Max, once again, someone got the drop on her. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the, what, the third week in a row. I know. She's definitely slipping. But she makes up for it because she gets the drop on somebody else in a few minutes. Sure. So, you know, Mia gets Dougie to give her $5,000, which she plans to bet on Alec, who she's convinced to get back in the ring. And this is where it gets great for me. I mean, this is this makes all the rest of it worthwhile. Alec takes on all comers. He's up. No, I've got, okay, I've got it in my notes here. 122000 when Max tries to get him to take a dive so that Mia's plan to get Dougie back in the Don's good graces. Alec takes on all comers and is up 122000 when Max tries to get him to take a dive. Mia wants to get Dougie back in the Don's good graces, so we're thinking like, okay, well, taking a dive is not going to help, right? Um, 
I well, mean, if, in fact, it doesn't. Right. Well, we think, Mia, I mean, as it turns out, she did not want uh, Dougie back in the Don's good graces. But at the time, it seems like she does. You're right. Right. And, and then when Alec won't throw the fight, Max goes into the cage. I told you to take a dive. So now I'm going to have to beat your ass myself. <laughs> and, and just some of the, you know, you are so dead, Missy Miss. Yeah. Well, and, and this was, I, I hate to poo-poo a theory, but um, this episode's pretty compelling that the, there's not really a romantic thing going on between uh, Alec and Max. Yeah, and there is a good discussion going on in the Facebook group about that, by the way. Right. Uh, but yeah, so she starts pummeling Alec. That's for the virus. And that's for trying to kill Joshua. And that's for getting paint all over my research papers. Oh, my, my bad. Yeah, he's like, okay, that one. <laughs> and that's for, making, yeah, that's for making Joshua deliver your packages. And that's <laughs> for losing my baseball. <laughs> right. and, th- and this is for whatever stupid thing you do next. Yeah. And then suddenly he's had enough and starts sending Max flying. And we're wondering, okay, we know, well, you know what? I was going to say, we know he's not going to knock her out, but I, I don't know that we know that at this point. Uh, but th- but no, did you hear I, I, what Normal yelled? He, he was yelling some rude stuff. Kill the messenger. Yes, kill the messenger, <laughs> right. Yes, that was awesome. And then Alec turns, my turn now, bitch. Which I don't approve of that type of language, Dave. Well, you know. neither does Max. And then she uses the oldest trick in the book. Hey, Ring Girl just lost her top. <laughs> Which, you know, the funny thing is, is he knows she's lying. He but knows he has to she's look doing anyway. it just to distract her. And he just said, he, he looks anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love Alec. Well, because there's always a chance, you know? There's always, a, exactly. And that's, that's exactly how he's thinking. Like, yeah. you know, if it's possible that, though it seems like with the, the you know, the ring girl. Yeah, she started. Like, yeah, like it, it really wouldn't be too much of a jump for him to get her to take her top off anyway. So, you know. Yeah. Is this uh, two weeks? No, two out of three weeks we've uh, seen Alec without his shirt. And he does have the Is trunks it? that uh, Normal yeah. made for him. Yes. So we find out this whole thing is predicated on Mia trying to get Dougie out of the mob life. And it turns out because of Dougie's narcolepsy, he's immune to her mojo. And surprisingly, especially to Max and Logan, she likes it that way. What fun is being in love if everything's easy? She tells Max and Logan. And I just have to give myself credit for this because I picked up on that way earlier Um, because they were in the, the car together. Right before when uh, Max is watching uh, Mia and Dougie and they're in the car and she says something like calm down and he's not calming down. Oh, and I'm like, wait, she just told him to do something. He totally didn't do it. Like she's not she can't work him. You know, I didn't tie it with the narcolepsy then, but I'm like, you know, she can't affect Dougie because everyone else people do exactly what she tells them to do. Right. But he wasn't. Yeah. Ah, good catch. And no, I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. Um, and then in the closing, you know, me and Dougie plan to go to Maui, but before they leave, looks like she gives uh, Alec, you know, a little mini stack of bills. Not, not as much as he should have gotten, I don't think. But uh, 
she tells Logan and Max that it might not be easy now, but things won't always be like this. So is that uh, a precursor to them solving the virus bitch problem? Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, she seems very optimistic that they're going to have a nice life together is the, I believe the exact words that she uses. Um, so, yeah, that's what I think like what I picked up on from Mia before is that she is really like a sweet person, like a nice person who really does care about other people and wants other people to be happy and to get along. And yeah, we see her manipulating people's memories, but like, I guess her end game, I guess was always kind of a good intention. Yeah, but see, that's my problem. I agree with everything you just said, but contrasted with Logan, who manipulates people, primarily Max, into doing what he wants, that's that's just becoming more and more of a problem for me, and this episode kind of just crystallized it all. Okay. So, so it'll be interesting to see if they follow up on this in the next episode. Right, but I don't know if that... Or they're really just going to forget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it has all the hallmarks of a one-off, you know, so I won't necessarily see any of this episode playing over into the next. Well, it does, except that, you know, when Max was punching Alec and she recounted the, the litany of his sins, so I don't know. I, I I hope we get back to more of the mythology arc and return to White and whatever he's doing and let's get this virus cured and be together don't be together but let's let it not be because of that right so anyway and and for the people who criticize the logan max relationship and saying that it's tedious and boring i mean that's all over this episode right them just tedium and boredom yeah well (laughs) just they're, they're fighting each other all the time and being this kind of like this really tedious relationship that's just like you know like an like an annoying relationship sure right yeah no question and something has to be done yeah because i mean if i were watching it back then how annoyed would i be you know well yeah i can say no because i'm watching it one at a time i don't know what happens next so you know I don't know. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, well, that's all I got. Uh, anything else you want to throw out well, there? Well, just one thing: uh, the mob guys. Well, first of all, the thing with the boss, right? Dressed like, up as the woman. Yeah. Well, and did you did you notice like he's actually when um, Max goes into the bathroom in the beginning of the episode? Uh huh. He's coming out. Oh. Okay. Like there's. I assume it's, I didn't go back and see, but like I remember Max going in, and this uh, tall woman with blonde hair is coming out of the bathroom. Pretty sure it's the boss. But you know how they're just showing him in, in darkness and, the, and they don't show his face? And I know I get it, it's because he's always, you know, hidden and disguised. But I thought like it was going to be like Robert De Niro or something, you know, like, like they're not showing this guy because when they do show you who the boss is, it's going to be like some big reveal. And they just like kind of mash his face against the cage real quick as they're arresting him and you barely see him. So it's like, that seemed like a lot of build up for nothing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Not much payoff. Right. So the mob guys say, uh, you'll end up in opposite end zones. Uh, 
Yeah. If the lieutenants don't come through, I guess the boss tells them you'll end up in the opposite end zone. Do you know what that's referring to? I don't. You mean like Jimmy Hoffa and the, well, you know, uh, the Meadowlands? So like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's urban legend that Jimmy Hoffa is buried in the end zone of the, the Meadowlands, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, and All I right. think that uh, I think that might be it that I got. All right. Well, you know, yeah. as often happens, I, I like it a little better now after we talked about it. Uh, still not one of my favorites, but again, like I said, the fight with Alec, that made it all worthwhile. I love that scene. That was really good. Yeah. So. I liked it. All right. Well, <laughs> we've got one more Dark Angel to do before Lost Girl comes back. So, you know, that'll be disappointing because we're so close to the end of Dark Angel, but... We're also pretty close to the end of Lost Girl, so... Yeah. We're close to the end of something. We are close well, something. close to the end of... Yeah, exactly. Well, so, just got to go. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear from you about Dark Angel, Lost Girl, which is obviously coming up, or anything else you think we should be watching. I'd like to encourage you to join the Facebook group, and if you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website and we'll be back next week when we discuss dark angel episode 16 of season two titled exposure but until then yeah it's funny because uh, at lunch someone asked me like wait is what's if you had to you know boil dave down to a sense what he says yeah dave he's all about saving the world doing good for others it's really boring <laughs>